Book Two, Canto Ten of the Fairy Queen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Zhu. The Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. Book Two, The Legend of Sir Gaivon. Canto Ten. A Chronicle of Britain Kings, from Brute to Uther's Reign, and Rolls of Elven Emperors, till Time of Gloriane. Who now shall give unto me words and sound equal unto this haughty enterprise? Or who shall lend me wings, with which from ground lowly verse may loftily arise, and lift itself unto the highest skies? More ample spirit than hitherto was wont here needs me, whilst the famous ancestries of my most dreaded sovereign I recount, by which all earthly princes she doth far surmount. Nay, under sun that shines so wide and fair, whence all that lives does borrow life and light, lives aught that to her lineage may compare, which though from earth it be derived right, yet doth itself stretch forth to heaven's height, and all the world with wonder overspread. A labour huge, exceeding far my might. How shall frail pen, with fear disparaged, conceive such sovereign glory and great bounty-head? Argument worthy of Maonian quill, or rather worthy of great Phoebus wrote, Whereon the ruins of great Ossa Hill, and triumphs of Phlegrian Jove, he wrote, that all the gods admired his lofty note. But if some relish of that heavenly lay his learned daughters would to me report, to deck my song withal, I would assay thy name, O sovereign queen, to blazon far away. Thy name, O sovereign queen, thy realm and race, from this renowned prince derived are, who mightily upheld that royal mace which now thou bearest, to thee descended far from mighty kings and conquerors in war, thy fathers and great-grandfathers of old, whose noble deeds above the northern star immortal fame for ever hath enrolled, as in that old man's book they were in order told. The land which warlike Britons now possess, and therein have their mighty empire raised, in antique time was salvage wilderness, unpeopled, unmanured, unproved, unpraised. Nay was it island then, nay was it paised amid the ocean waves, nay was it sought of merchants far, for profits therein praised, but was all desolate and of some thought by sea to have been from the Celtic mainland brought. Nay did it then deserve a name to have, till that the venturous mariner that way learning his ship from those white rocks to save, which all along the southern sea-coast lay, threatening unheedy wreck and rash decay, for safety's sake that same his sea-mark made and named it Albion, but later day, 
finding in it fit ports for fishers trade gan more the same frequent and further to invade but far inland a salvage nation dwelt of hideous giants and half beastly men that never tasted grace nor goodness felt but like wild beasts lurking in loathsome den and flying fast as roebuck through the fen all naked without shame or care of cold by hunting and by spoiling livid then of stature huge and eke of courage bold that sons of men amazed their sternness to behold but whence they sprung or how they were begot uneath is to assure uneath to wean that monstrous error which doth some assort that Diocletian's fifty daughters sheen into this land by chance have driven been, where companying with fiends and filthy sprites through vain illusion of their lust unclean, they brought forth giants and such dreadful whites as far exceeded men in their immeasured mights. They held this land and with their filthiness polluted this same gentle soil long time that their own mother loathed their beastliness and gan abhor her brood's unkindly crime all were they born of her own native slime until that brutus anciently derived from royal stock of old sarac's line driven by fatal error here arrived and them of their unjust possession deprived but ere he had established his throne and spread his empire to the utmost shore he fought great battles with his salvage phone in which he them defeated evermore and many giants left on groaning floor that well can witness yet unto this day the western hof besprinkled with the gore of mighty garamot whom in stout fray corineus conquered and cruelly did slay and eke that ample pit yet far renowned for the large leap which deban did compel coolin to make being eight lugs of ground into the which returning back he fell but those three monstrous stones do most excel which that huge son of hideous albion whose father hercules in france did quell great godma through in fierce contention at bold canutus but of him was slain anon. In meed of these great conquests by them got, Corineus had that province utmost west, to him assigned for his worthy lot, which of his name and memorable jest he called Cornewale, yet so called best. And Devonshire was that is Devonshire, but Canute had his portion from the rest the which he called Canutium for his hire, now Cantium, which Kent we commonly inquire. Thus brute this realm unto his rule subdued, and reigned long in great felicity. Loved of his friends, and of his foes eschewed, he left three sons, his famous progeny, born of fair Imogen of Italy, Mongst whom he parted his imperial state, and Locrine left chief lord of Brittany. 
At last ripe age bade him surrender late his life, and long good fortune unto final fate. Lochrine was left the sovereign lord of all, but Albanact had all the northern part, which of himself Albania he did call, and Camber did possess the western quart, which seven now from Logris doth depart, and each his portion peaceably enjoyed. Ne was there outward breach, nor grudge in heart, that once their quiet government annoyed, but each his pains to others' profit still employed. Until a nation strong, with visage swart, and courage fierce that all men did affray, which through the world them swarmed in every part, and overflowed all countries far away, like Noah's great flood, with their importune sway, this land invaded with like violence, and did themselves through all the north display, until that Lochrine, for his realm's defence, did head against them make, and strong munificence. He them encountered a confused rout forby the river, that whilome was hight the ancient Abus, where with courage stout he them defeated in victorious fight, and chased so fiercely after fearful flight, that forced their chieftain, for his fierce safety's sake, their chieftain humber named was aright, unto the mighty stream him to betake, where he an end of battle and of life did make. The king returned, proud of victory, and insolent walks through unwonted ease, that shortly he forgot the jeopardy which in his land he lately did appease, and fell to vain but voluptuous disease. He loved fair lady Estrild, lewdly loved, whose wanton pleasures him too much did please, that quite his heart from Gwendolen removed, from Gwendolen his wife, though always faithful proved. The noble daughter of Corinius would not endure to be so vile disdained, but gathering force and courage valorous, encountered him in battle well ordained, in which him vanquished she to fly constrained. But she so fast pursued that him she took and threw in bands where he till death remained. Else his fair leman, flying through a brook, she overhent, nought moved with her piteous look. But both herself and eke her daughter dear, begotten by her kingly paramour, the fair Sabrina, almost dead with fear, she there attached, far from all succour. The one she slew in that impatient store, but the sad virgin, innocent of all, adown the rolling river she did pour, which of her name now seven men do call. Such was the end that to disloyal love did fall. Then for her son, which she to Lochrin bore, Madan was young, unmeet the rule of sway. In her own hand the crown she kept in store, till riper years he wrought, and stronger stay. During which time her power she did display through all this realm, 
the glory of her sex, and first taught men a woman to obey. But when her son to man's estate did wex, she it surrendered, nay herself would lenger vex. Though Madan reigned, unworthy of his race, for with all shame that sacred throne he filled, next memprise as unworthy of that place, in which, being consorted with Manild, for thirst of single kingdom him he killed, but Ebrank salvered both their infamies with noble deeds, and warred on Brunchild in Henault, where yet of his victories brave monuments remain, which yet that land envies. Unhappy man in his first days he was, and happy father of fair progeny. For all so many weeks as the year has, so many children he did multiply, of which were twenty sons, which did apply their minds to praise and chivalrous desire. Those Germans did subdue all Germany, of whom it height, but in the end their sire, with foul repulse, from France was forced to retire. Which blot his son succeeding in his seat, the second brute, the second both in name and eke in semblance of his puissance great, right well recurred, and did away that blame with recompense of everlasting fame. He with his victor sword first opened the bowels of wide France, a forlorn dame, and taught her first how to be conquered, since which, with sundry spoils, she hath been ransacked. Let Scaldis tell, and let tell Hania, and let the marsh of Esthambrugis tell what colour were their waters that same day, and all the more twixt Elvisham and Dell, with blood of Henolois, which therein fell. How oft that day did sad Brunchildas see the green shield dyed in dolorous vermel, that not Skithgirith it mot seem to be, but rather e Skithgoch, sign of sad cruelty. His son, King Lyle, by father's labour long, enjoyed a heritage of lasting peace, and built Carlisle, and built Carleon strong. Next, Hudibras his realm did not increase, but taught the land from weary wars to cease, whose footstep, bladdered following in arts, excelled at Athens all the learned peace, from whence he brought them to these salvage parts, and with sweet science mollified their stubborn hearts. Ensample of his wondrous faculty, behold the boiling baths at Carbadon, which seethe with secret fire eternally, and in their entrails, full of quick brimstone, nourish the flames which they are warmed upon, that to their people wealth they forth do well, and health to every foreign nation. Yet he at last, 
contending to excel the reach of men, through flight into fond mischief fell. Next him King Lear in happy peace long reigned, but had no issue male him to succeed, but three fair daughters, which were well uptrained in all that seemed fit for kingly seed, mongst whom his realm he equally decreed to have divided. Though, when feeble age nigh to his utmost date he saw proceed, he called his daughters, and with speeches sage inquired which of them most did love her parentage. The eldest, Goneril, gan to protest that she much more than her own life him loved, and Regan greater love to him professed than all the world, whenever it were proved. But Cordile said she loved him as behooved, whose simple answer, wanting colours fair to paint it forth, him to displeasance moved, that in his crown he counted her no heir, but twixt the other twain his kingdom whole did share. So wedded the one to Maglan, king of Scots, and the other to the king of Cambria, and twixt them shared his realm by equal lots, but without dower the wise Cordelia was sent to Agonip of Celtica. Their aged sire, thus eased of his crown, a private life led in Albania with Goneril, long had in great renown, that naught him grieved to been from rule deposed down. But true it is, that when the oil is spent, the light goes out, and weak is thrown away. So when he had resigned his regiment, his daughter gan despise his drooping day, and weary wax of his continual stay. Though to his daughter Regan he repaired, who him at first well used every way. But when of his departure she despaired, her bounty she abated, and his cheer impaired. The wretched man gan then advise too late that love is not where most it is professed. Too truly tried in his extremest state, at last resolved likewise to prove the rest. He to Cordelia himself addressed, who with entire affection him received, as for her sire and king her seemed best. And after all an army strong she leaved, to war on those which him had of his realm bereaved. So to his crown she him restored again, in which he died, made ripe for death by eld, and after willed it should to her remain, who peaceably the same long time did weld, and all men's hearts in due obedience held, till that her sister's children, waxen strong through proud ambition against her rebelled, and overcomen kept in prison long, till weary of that wretched life herself she hung. Then gan the bloody brethren both to reign, but fierce Kundar gan shortly to envy his brother Morgan, pricked with proud disdain to have a peer in part of sovereignty, and kindling coals of cruel enmity raised war, and him in battle overthrew whence, 
as he to those woody hills did fly, which height of him Glamorgan there him slew. Then did he reign alone, where he non equal knew. His son Rivallo his dead room did supply, in whose sad time blood did from heaven rain. Next great Gorgustus, then fair Cecily, in constant peace their kingdoms did contain, after whom Lego and Kinmarca did reign, and Gorbogud, till far in years he grew. Then his ambitious sons, unto them twain wrought the rule, and from their father drew, stout Ferex and stern Porex, him in prison threw. But, oh, the greedy thirst of royal crown that knows no kindred, nor regards no right, stirred Porex up to put his brother down, who unto him assembling foreign might made war on him and fell himself in fight, whose death to avenge his mother merciless, most merciless of women, widen height, her other son fast sleeping did oppress, and with most cruel hand him murdered pitiless. Here ended Brutus' sacred progeny, which seven hundred years this sceptre born with high renown and great felicity. The noble branch from the antique stock was torn, through discord and the royal throne forlorn. Thenceforth this realm was into factions rent, whilst each of Brutus boasted to be born, that in the end was left no monument of Brutus, nor of Britain's glory ancient. Then up arose a man of matchless might and wondrous wit to manage high affairs, who stirred with pity of the stressed plight of this sad realm, cut into sundry shares by such as claimed themselves brutes' rightful heirs, gathered the princes of the people loose to take and counsel of their common cares, who with his wisdom won him straight did choose their king and swore him fealty to win or lose. Then made he head against his enemies and Imna slew or Logris miscreate. Then Ruddock and proud Stator, both allied, this of Albania newly nominate, and that of Cambri king confirmed late, he overthrew through his own valiance, whose countries he reduced to quiet state, and shortly brought to civil governance, now one which erst were many made through variance. Then made he sacred laws, which some men say were unto him revealed in vision, by which he freed the traveller's highway, the church's part, and ploughman's portion, restraining stealth and strong extortion, the gracious Numa of Great Brittany. For till his days the chief dominion by strength was wielded without policy, therefore he first wore crown of gold for dignity. Don Wallow died, for what may live for I, and left two sons of peerless prowess both, that sacred Rome too dearly did assay, the recompense of their perjured oath, and ransacked Greece well tried, 
when they were wroth. Besides subjected France and Germany, which yet their praises speak, all be they loath, and inly tremble at the memory of Brennus and Belinus, kings of Brittany. Next them did Gurgant, great Belinus' son, in rule succeed, and eke in father's praise. He Easterland subdued, and Denmark won, and of them both did foy and tribute raise, the which was due in his dead father's days. He also gave to fugitives of Spain, whom he at sea found wandering in their ways, a seat in Ireland safely to remain, which they should hold of him as subject to Britain. After him reigned Githeline his heir, the justest man and truest in his days, who had to wife Dame Mercia the fair, a woman worthy of immortal praise, which for this realm found many goodly lays and wholesome statutes to her husband brought. Her many deemed to have been of the fays, as was Egeria that Numa taught, those yet of her be Mercian laws, both named and thought. Her son Sicilus after her did reign, and then Chimerus, and then Danius, next whom Merindus did the crown sustain, who had he not with wrath outrageous and cruel rancour dimmed his valorous and mighty deeds, should Matched have the best. As well in that same field victorious against the foreign Morans he expressed, yet lives his memory, though carcass sleep in rest. Five sons he left, begotten of one wife, all which successively by turns did raise. First Gorberman, a man of virtuous life, next Archigold, who for his proud disdain deposed was from Princeton's sovereign, and piteous Elidur put in his stead, who shortly it to him restored again, till by his death he it recovered. But Peridur and Vigent him disthronized. In wretched prison long he did remain, till they outreigned had their utmost date, and then therein reseized was again, and ruled long with honourable state, till he surrendered realm and life to fate. Then all the sons of these five brethren reigned by due success, and all their nephews late. Even thrice eleven descents the crown retained, till aged Heli by due heritage it gained. He had two sons, whose eldest called Lud, left of his life most famous memory, and endless monuments of his great good. The ruined walls he did re-edify of Troinunt against force of enemy, and built that gate which of his name is height, by which he lies entombed solemnly. He left two sons too young to rule aright, Androgus and Tenantius, pictures of his might. Whiles they were young, Cassibelane their aim, was by the people chosen in their stead, who on him took the royal diadem, and goodly well long time it governed, till the proud Romans him disquieted, and warlike Caesar 
tempted with the name of this sweet island, never conquered, and envying the Britons' blazed fame, O hideous hunger of dominion, hither came. Yet twice they were repulsed back again, and twice reinforced back to their ships to fly, the whiles with blood they all the shore did stain, and the grey ocean into purple dye. Nay had they footing found at last Perdie, had not Androgeus, false to native soil, and envious of uncle's sovereignty, betrayed his country into foreign spoil. Nought else but treason from the first this land did foil. So by him Caesar got the victory through great bloodshed and many a sad assay, in which himself was charged heavily, of hardy Nennius, whom he yet did slay, but lost his sword, yet to be seen this day. Thenceforth this land was tributary made to ambitious Rome, and did their rule obey, till Arthur all that reckoning did defray, yet oft the kings against them strongly swayed. Next him Tenantius reigned, then Kimberline, what time the eternal lord in fleshly slime enwombed was from wretched Adam's line to purge away the guilt of sinful crime. O joyous memory of happy time, that heavenly grace so plenteously displayed, O too high ditty for my simple rhyme! Soon after this the Romans him warrayed, for that their tribute he refused to let be paid. Good Claudius, that next was emperor, an army brought, and with him battle fought, in which the king was by a treacher, disguised slain, ere any thereof thought. Yet ceased not the bloody fight for aught, for Arvirage his brother's place supplied, both in his arms and crown, and by that draught did drive the Romans to the weaker side, that they to peace agreed, so all was pacified was never king more highly magnified, nor dread of Romans than was Arvirage, for which the emperor to him allied his daughter Genoese in marriage. Yet shortly he renounced the vassalage of Rome again, who hither hastily sent Vespasian, that with great spoil and rage forwasted all, till Genoese gent persuaded him to cease, and her lord to relent. He died, and him succeeded Marius, who joyed his days in great tranquillity, then Coil, and after him good Lucius, that first received Christianity, the sacred pledge of Christ's evangeli. Yet true it is that long before that day, hither came Joseph of Arimathy, who brought with him the Holy Grail, they say, and preached the truth, but since it greatly did decay. This good king shortly without issue died, whereof great trouble in the kingdom grew that did herself in sundry parts divide, and with her power her own self o'erthrew, whilst Romans daily did the weak subdue. Which seeing stout Bunduca up arose, and taking arms the Britons to her drew, with whom she marched straight against her foes, and them unwares beside the seven did enclose. There she with them a cruel battle tried, not with so good success as she deserved, by reason that the captains on her side, corrupted by Paulinus, 
from her swerved, yet such as were through former flight preserved, gathering again, her host she did renew, and with fresh courage on the victor served, but being all defeated save a few, rather than fly or be captived, herself she slew. O famous monument of women's praise, matchable either to Semiramis, whom antique history so high doth raise, or to Hypsiphil, or to Tomiris. Her host two hundred thousand numbered is, who whiles good fortune favoured her might, triumphed oft against her enemies. And yet, though overcome in hapless fight, she triumphed on death, in enemies' despite. Her relics, fulgent having gathered, fought with Severus and him o'erthrew, yet in the chase was slain of them that fled, so made them victors whom he did subdue. Then gan Carousius tyrannise anew, and gainst the Romans bent their proper power, but him Alectus treacherously slew, and took on him the robe of emperor. Natheless the same enjoyed but short, happy hour. For Asclopiodate him overcame, and left inglorious on the vanquished plain, without or robe or rag to hide his shame. Then afterwards he in his stead did reign, but shortly was by coil in battle slain, who after long debate, since Lucy's time, was of the Britons, first crowned sovereign. Then gan this realm renew her passed prime, he of his name Colchester built, of stone and lime. Which when the Romans heard, they hither sent Constantius, a man of mickle might, with whom King Coil made an agreement, and to him gave for wife his daughter bright, fair Helena, the fairest living white, who in all godly thews and goodly praise did far excel, but was most famous height for skill in music of all in her days, as well in curious instruments as cunning lays. Of whom he did great Constantine beget, who afterward was emperor of Rome, to which, whiles absent, he his mind did set, Octavius here leapt into his room, and it usurped by unrighteous doom. But he his title justified by might, slaying Traherne, and having overcome the Roman legion in dreadful fight, so settled he his kingdom, and confirmed his right. But wanting issue male, his daughter dear, he gave in wedlock to Maximian, and him with her made of his kingdom heir, who soon by means thereof the empire won, till murdered by the friends of Gracian. Then gan the Huns and Picts invade this land during the reign of Maximinian, who dying left none heir them to withstand, but that they overran all parts with easy hand. The weary Britons, whose warhable youth was by Maximian lately led away, with wretched miseries and woeful ruth, were to those pagans made an open prey, and daily spectacle of sad decay, whom Roman wars, which now four hundred years, and more had wasted, could no whit dismay, till by consent of commons and of peers, they crowned the second Constantine with joyous tears. 
who having oft in battle vanquished those spoilful Picts and swarming Easterlings, long time in peace his realm established, yet oft annoyed with sundry bored ragings of neighbour Scots and foreign scatterlings, with which the world did in those days abound, which to outbar with painful pionings from sea to sea he heaped a mighty mound, which from Alcluid to Panwelt did that border bound. Three sons he dying left, all under age, by means whereof their uncle Vortigier usurped the crown during their pupilage, which the infants' tutors, gathering to fear, them closely into armoric did bear, for dread of whom, and for those Picts annoys, he sent to Germany strange aid to rear, from whence eftsoons arrived here three hoys of Saxons, whom he for his safety employs. Two brethren were their captains, which hight Hengist and Horses, well approved in war, and both of them men of renowned might, who making vantage of their civil jar, and of those foreigners which came from far, grew great, and got large portions of land, that in the realm ere long they stronger are, than they which sought at first their helping hand, and Vortiger enforced the kingdom to a band. But by the help of Vortimir his son, he is again unto his rule restored, and Hengist, seeming sad for that was done, received is to grace and new accord, through his fair daughter's face and flattering word. Soon after which, three hundred lords he slew of British blood, all sitting at his board, whose doleful monuments, who list to rue the eternal marks of treason, may at Stonehenge view. By this the sons of Constantine which fled, Ambrose and Uther did ripe years attain, and here arriving, strongly challenged the crown which Vortiger did long detain, who flying from his guilt by them was slain, and Hengist eke soon brought to shameful death. Thenceforth Aurelius peaceably did reign, till that through poison stoppered was his breath, so now entombed lies at Stonehenge by the heath. After him Uther, which Pendragon height succeeding. There abruptly it did end, without full point, or other seizure right, as if the rest some wicked hand did rend, or the author self could not at least attend to finish it, that so untimely breach the prince himself half seemeth to offend, yet secret pleasure did offence impeach, and wonder of antiquity long stopped his speech. At last, quite ravished with delight to hear the royal offspring of his native land, cried out, Dear country, oh, how dearly dear ought thy remembrance and perpetual band be to thy foster-child, that from thy hand did common breath and nourisher receive! How brutish is it not to understand how much to her we owe that all us gave, that gave unto us all whatever good we have. But Guyon all this while his book did read, ne yet has ended, 
for it was a great and ample volume that doth far exceed my leisure, so long leaves here to repeat. I told how first Prometheus did create a man of many parts from beast derived, and then stole fire from heaven to animate his work, for which he was by Jove deprived of life himself, and heart-strings of an eagle rived. That man so made, he called Elf, to wheat quick, the first author of all elven kind, who wandering through the world with weary feet, did in the gardens of Adonis find a goodly creature, whom he deemed in mind to be no earthly wight, but either sprite or angel, the author of all womankind. Therefore a fay he her according height, of whom all fairies spring, and fetch their lineage right. Of these a mighty people shortly grew, and puissant kings which all the world were aid, and to themselves all nations did subdue. The first and eldest which that sceptre swayed was Elfin, him all India obeyed, and all that now America men call. Next him was noble Elfinan, who laid Cleopolis' foundation first of all, but Elfeline enclosed it with a golden wall. His son was Elfinel, who overcame the wicked goblins in bloody field, but Elfant was of most renowned fame, who all of crystal did Panthea build. Then Elphar, who two brethren giants killed, the one of which had two heads, the other three. Then Elfinor, who was in magic skilled, he built by art upon the glassy sea a bridge of brass, whose sound heaven's thunder seemed to be. He left three sons, the which in order reigned, and all their offspring in their due descents, even seven hundred princes, which maintained with mighty deeds their sundry governments, that were too long their infinite contents here to record, nay much material. Yet should they be most famous monuments, and brave ensample, both of martial and civil rule, to kings and states imperial. After all these, Elphicleos did reign, the wise Elphicleos, in great majesty, who mightily that sceptre did sustain, and with rich spoils and famous victory, did high advance the crown of fairy. He left two sons, of which fair Elphiron, the eldest brother, did untimely die, whose empty place the mighty Oberon, doubly supplied in spousal and dominion. Great was his power and glory over all, which him before that sacred seat did fill, that yet remains his wide memorial. He dying left the fairest Tanaquil, him to succeed therein by his last will, Fairer and nobler liveth none this hour, Ne like in grace, ne like in learned skill. Therefore they Glorian call that glorious flower. Long mayest thou, Glorian, live in glory and great power. Beguiled thus with delight of novelties And a natural desire of country state, So long they read in those antiquities that how the time was fled they quite forget. 
till gentle Alma, seeing it so late, perforce their studies broke, and them besought to think how supper did them long await. So half unwilling from their books them brought, and fairly feasted as so noble knights she ought. End of Canto Ten Book Two The Legend of Sir Guyon